This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about building community among customers. In the old days, the approach to building a consumer-facing business was simply a matter of employing different forms of advertising. But with the advent of social media, consumers have begun relying more on referrals and testimonials and become less trusting of information dispensed by merchants and manufacturers. And with the commodification of nearly every kind of product on the internet, successful retailing has become more and more about creating an experience for shoppers and a sense of belonging among the customers. CEDF has a client who has discovered the value of, as they say, knitting together a community of supporters to patronize and support her business. My name is Jennifer Lord and my business is Twist Yarn Shop. We're located in Niantic, Connecticut, and our mission is to provide high-end quality yarns to our local community. We also set out to create a community within knitting here in these four walls and to expand beyond and basically just acknowledge the lifestyle that knitting is. People enjoy coming here, sitting at this table and creating friendships, talking about their knitting, talking about their lives while we're knitting. And when we went to open this business, we really wanted to create a space where people would enjoy just being here. When you're looking around the shop, it's not just really industrial, it's homey. And it has a little fireplace here. And, you know, we have a nice table and comfortable chairs and, I don't know, nice lighting. It's 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 homey. We wanted it to be a nice place for people to come to and enjoy their time here. And we host a series of events here, weekly, monthly, annually, where we invite our customers to come here and spend their time here. I think it creates loyalty with my customer base. And it's proven to be really successful for us so far. So my mom and I are partners together and my father was very actively involved in the build out. He's a carpenter. Yeah, my dad did everything from soup to nuts with the build out. My sister helps out. It's it's definitely a family run business. It was something that was in our initial business plan when we when we set to open the shop. We knew we didn't just want to provide the materials to make a knitted project. We wanted to create a place for people to come to. It, it's a club. It's like, you know, it, I mean, we we literally have clubs within the within the shop. But people come here when they're having babies, when they're when there's a marriage, when somebody's sick. There's a lot of love that goes into knitting. So people who knit tend to be thoughtful people. I like to knit for myself, but I like to knit for other people too. And that's the general consensus of the community. It's nice to get all of these like-minded people together and do what we love. Social media is huge. So I'm big on Instagram and Facebook. Whatever I share on Instagram, I share on Facebook. And whatever I share on Facebook, I share on Instagram. They both, I think, touch different populations and the same but that's fine. It reiterates what I feel is important. Facebook is huge in my marketing. It's free <laughs> and and it reaches a huge population of people. So whenever I have an event or a class, I make an event page on Facebook and get it out there right away. And things tend to fill up really quickly. We gained followers very quickly at the get-go. 
and people still continue to come in. Facebook is really local, whereas Instagram is more widespread, I find. So both have their value. Facebook, it's the people who live directly around us that I'm reaching out to. Whereas Instagram, I take advantage of a lot of hashtags and gain followers that way. Email is also huge. People look for our emails. I try to get an email out at least once a month. That's a great way to promote sales classes, events. And we we get good turnouts at all of our events. We have a weekly open knit where people are welcome to come here for free, sit at the table, knit, whatever they want to work on. It's open-ended. And then we also have another weekly event called our Knit Along Club, a little bit more exclusive. It's free, but you have to buy the materials here. And we work on one established pattern at a time. So right now we're working on a, a swancho. It's a cross between a sweater and a poncho. And it's all stranded color work. It's beautiful. It's lots of different colors. And we'll work on that for a month or two because it's a, a big, undertaking. And everybody who's a part of it right now, we have about 15 people who participate in that. And people really enjoy it. They enjoy the camaraderie. So I think that we're getting loyalty from our customers because they are having fun at our shop. So then they want to give our shop the business. They want to keep us open. It works well. We got to like five, 800 followers really quickly. That was just like from opening. I'll share it on my personal Facebook page. Other people will share it. So to start, it happened really quickly, organically. I've paid to boost posts periodically. Um, but generally, I find if I can lean on my customer base for them to share things, I also lean largely on my vendors. I have maybe 1,200 followers. But if I use the companies that I work with, they have more followers than me. So I'll make sure to tag. We just finished a sweater using a company called Barocco. We use their yarn. And I posted a picture on my Facebook and I made sure to tag Barocco for these sweaters that we made. And I texted my sales rep, <laughs> told her about it. They shared it. And I just noticed last week we got about 10 new followers off of that and they continue to trickle in. I think there are ways around paying for Facebook ads. Every so often I'll do it, but I find if I share it to my personal page, my mom shares it to her personal page, we tell our friends and then they share things. That's, that's a great way to get followers and really drum up some excitement over what we have going on. I, I post as much as I can. I find the more posting, the better. If I could post every day, I would, but I try to get at least three to four posts a week would be great if I could do that. You know, I find posting in my local page, my twist page is most effective. There's also some local Facebook groups that would be beneficial to post in. You know, Nyanic has a few town pages that are great. There are several knitting pages that have thousands of followers. Is it going to get the local following? Not necessarily, but the national following worldwide even. A lot of our customers will post pictures in these knitting groups and they'll put that they got their yarn from us. Um, I actually did get a sale through a customer posting something that they made and they, you know, where'd you get the yarn? And they called us and bought yarn from us. We do a lot of offsite events. A big one that we do is in Rhinebeck, New York. We plan a bus trip to the New York State Sheep and Wool Festival. It's at the Dutchess County Fairgrounds. So throughout the year, there's fiber festivals all over the country, but Rhinebeck's New York State Sheep and Wool Festival happens to be the biggest and arguably the best of the year. So we plan a coach bus that will drive everybody over. You know, we shop for yarn and sure, they're buying yarn from the festival and not us, uh, but I think it really develops a sense of camaraderie. It's 30,000 knitters, you know, it's, uh, it's huge. So. Um, there's lots of events aside from just the actual purchasing of yarn. I bought yarn. I would say it it made us money in direct and indirect ways. But yeah, we got we got 55 people on a bus and drove up to New York and had a great time. You know, walk, pet some sheep. <laughs> 
um, you know, pet some yarn and learned and, and just you see you see what all the other knitters are doing. It, it's a magical place for for somebody who loves knitting and yarn. People come out of the woodwork to go on that trip. In that sense, it also gets us new customers. So they have a great time. They learn a little bit about my mom and I and see us outside of the shop. And I would develop a friendly relationship with these people. And then I think that develops loyalty to our shop. So it's nice that we do more than just sell you yarn. We also have a lot to offer. In addition to the bus trip, we also do a lot of other events. We do a monthly social night. It, for the most part, takes place at a local greenhouse, which is fun. It's all the plants. Right now, it's all set up for Christmas. So we have our December knit-along social night coming up at the greenhouse. It's all Christmas trees everywhere. We have live music. And we also use that event to do a monthly food drive for our local food bank. So we're in touch with a representative from the food bank. They'll tell us what they're in need of. And we will do a raffle for everybody who brings uh, non-perishable food to donate to our local food bank. So I, we donate quite a bit of food on an annual basis. It's, it's great for the community. It was something that we knew right from the get-go we wanted to do. I come from a social work background, so it's kind of in my blood to want to give back whenever possible. Last year, we did a scarf bombing where we collected knit hats and scarves throughout the year. And then at Christmas time, we put them all out in the town green for people who were in need to take. And in the springtime, we did a basket raffle for a local organization called the Miracle League which is a uh, baseball field that's made for children of all different uh, abilities, disabilities. It's handicap accessible. So, you know, we got probably 75 knitters together on the town green, and then we had this basket raffle, and, and it's great. And people feel good about going. And, and again, I think it makes people feel good about giving us their business because we give back. So it helps, definitely. I think creating this space, people are more driven to make time to come in. So I've had people who come to our group that just say, this is sacred. It's like, this is our time. It's two hours on Wednesday night when we do our knit along club and they make time. They come after work. One woman who's part of the club, she just had baby. She brings baby. It's great. And you know, when, when she was pregnant, we all made a blanket for her and had a little baby shower and we all come together. And you know, one woman, her daughter was struggling with cancer and we all made hats for her. So we develop a closeness so that people want to make time to be a part of the group. It's it's awesome. You know, we started it, but the community around us, the club, all the people, they're the ones that, that help it to grow. So it was like we just planted the seed and then just keep it going now. I think our thought behind our mission was that if we offer more than just the pure product, I want the experience. I want more than just the yarn itself. I want to come to a shop and feel like I'm a part of it. I want more than just to sit home alone and knit. I like to feel a part of a bigger group. So I, yeah, I felt definitely like creating community around knitting would draw people in as opposed to simply going to a store. You know, it's what sets us apart. We live in this world where there's YouTube and there's Facebook and there's Instagram and there's access to infinite knowledge with knitting. And you have young people and old people that are all coming together. And it's pretty awesome what people bring to the table. I learn new things all the time. And so do the people who are here. So it's, it's great to bring that collective knowledge together and we all learn from it. So it's, it's one of the best parts of this shop.
I am constantly looking at my competitors, seeing what they have going on, what products they're bringing in, what events they're hosting. It's very helpful to see what the competitors have going on. It's good to have a leg up on what customers are seeing. You know, what are we doing that's similar? What are we doing that's different? How could I benefit from what they're doing? You know, I'm not ignorant to the fact that everybody has different uh, information and techniques and ambitions, and I can benefit from those too. So if social media is wonderful for that. <laughs> I can, from where I'm sitting right now, go and check and see what what the local competitors are doing. And having the opportunity to communicate on a more regular basis provides us tons of useful information. So whether it's the trends of what people are enjoying knitting right now, the specific techniques people want to partake in, what kind of classes we should be providing, what kind of products they want, whether it's a hand-dyed yarn or whether it's a Tweety yarn, you know, the Absolutely. Having people in the shop showing me, okay, I just went on a vacation and I saw this and I really liked it. Okay, that's something to to look for. And you know, if a lot of people are telling me they like something, that's something I might want to consider bringing in. The customers give us great feedback. If you give a little bit, it tends to come back in a much bigger way. We spend money and I would say, you know, we spend our some of our marketing dollars on a guitar player for uh, our monthly greenhouse knitting event. We spend some money on you know, maybe hosting a, a baby shower when we have somebody who's expecting a baby in our group and we'll allot some of our, our monies towards that. It seems to come back in a much bigger way. It creates a lot of loyalty with our customers. They come to us before they go to other shops. They're quick to give us helpful and useful feedback. So I think it's worth giving a little bit in that way. That's advice that I would give. I definitely think social media is a huge resource. And also leaning on our vendors is a really big resource because they find out that we're doing all of these charitable things and, you know, community organized events. And they're very happy to give to us, you know, our, our raffle prizes that we give for our food drive, they'll donate. When we had our basket raffle for the Miracle League, I was shocked at what, at what people are willing to donate. The other thing that I would say is when we do a lot of these charitable events, I found I can even lean on our our customers and our community for them to contribute. So there's ways around spending a lot of money on these events that give back to the community and the community contributes. They contribute by donating prizes and, you know, knit hats. We have a group that you can't see it, but these little jellyfish go to babies in the NICU who, um, when they have IVs and oxygen, they grab onto the tentacles that are knit rather than their cords. You know, and it's nice because people were knitting lots of these little jellyfish so much that the person who coordinated at NICU, she contacted her PR person at our local hospital and they came and did a big article on us. But we didn't do anything. Our shop directly, people bought yarn from us. They knit these products. They brought them back to us and we got them to the, the appropriate people. And we get free advertising out of it. So there's a lot to be said for doing these charitable acts. And it, it benefits the community we live in. So I think local businesses around us tend to support us too. Because they see that we're a business that cares about the community we live in. And want to improve it and make it better. So we've developed a lot of really great relationships with the greenhouse, the package store, the restaurants. So we all are helping each other out. Our, our location was key in where we set up our roots and we never leave Niantic because we love it here. So those things are all really key to us having the success that we've had so far. Many thanks to Jennifer Lord for explaining how she and her mother Lisa have built a community among the customers of Twist Yarn Shop. You can learn more about their business at twistyarnshop.com. Shop is spelled in the archaic manner, S-H-O-P-P-E. 
Thanks to the Joy Drops for music, our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the sixth year in a row, we're Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 18-12. So Jennifer, what do your customers do when they get tired of knitting? Um, you know, pet some yarn. 